From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 165, and today I'm joined by my buddy, actor, and also director and writer in his own right, Mark O'Brien. You've probably seen Mark O'Brien in my film, How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town. And if not that, you probably caught him in Republic of Doyle or Halt and Catch Fire, not to mention the film Arrival, Ready or Not, Marriage Story, Bad Times of the El Royale, The Front Runner. Or Goalie, which he just won a Canadian Screen Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. Kind of. All right, so we're sitting down uh, to watch... Oh my God, what's the name of the movie? Dress to Kill! First, Dress to Kill. Why did I forget that? Uh, I'm Jeremy. I have not seen this movie. <laughs> you clearly have not seen it. And this is Mark O'Brien, who has also not seen it and picked the movie. Yes, I have not seen it, but I do know the name of it. That's true. I did know. I had to. I had to rent it from iTunes today. So at one point today, I remembered it. I swear, I swear to God. I'm glad I, at one point. I'm literally coming out of just putting two children to bed. My brain is like fucked up and foggy. Well, it's funny because I chose this because I bought the Criterion. I don't know, probably a month or so ago, and just haven't gotten to it. And uh, I kept before I bought it. I kept confusing it with Body Double which I've okay. never seen, another De Palma movie, which I've never seen. And I'm always like, oh, yeah, that Body Double movie, even though I owned it. And I was like, oh, it's not Body Double, it's Dress to Kill. And I didn't know Michael Caine was in it. Well, now that's something I didn't know either. Thanks a lot, Mark. Spoiler Sorry. alert. I ruined, I ruined the first 30 seconds. I always do that. No, you know what? I, did, I didn't know that until today when I downloaded it because it was in like the iTunes cast description. And there was, and the actress they mentioned, but I've since, I kind of made myself forget. Uh... So I'm going to keep trying to forget that. <laughs> but other than that, I don't really know. I, I knew of this movie by title. Like I'd heard of it in, or seen it on like De Palma's filmography. But I don't know what this movie is about. Uh, I am in the exact same boat. I, we, it sounds like we pretty much know the same things. I'm like, Michael Caine is in it. It made me think that it's Body Double. And I don't even know what Body Double is about. Hilarious. So you're like me. You just buy random Criterions and, and hope it works out. Oh, yeah. I literally wait for the flash sale and the Barnes & Noble 50% off yep. like a maniac. And then I'll just be like, mm, let's go with this Children of Paradise 1947 French film that's three hours. I yeah, bet it's a good one. Same. And I would have and, – and the worst part was was I was ordering from Canada. So by the time you pay the, the duty and the exchange, I don't actually think I'm saving that much money. <laughs> but well, now – but now there's a company in Canada, Unobstructed, um, Unobstructed View, that is partnered with Criterion. So we get, and they do the flash sales at the same time. Oh, that's sweet because that's everything. That's that that flash sale because even it has to be fifty percent because oh my god, I'm such a, a cheap piece of crap. Because by the way, can I curse on this? Oh, curse away. Oh, I'm a fucking cheap piece of shit. Because even right now on Criterion, they have a thirty percent off sale. And they even sent, I guess, because I bought so many Criterion movies, they sent me a thing like a while ago saying I get $10 off. Yeah. And I was like, oh, great, I'm going to order at least a couple movies. And I was like, mm, the movie still comes out to like $28, which I could buy on Amazon. I don't want to buy it on Amazon. I'd rather just wait to buy it on Criterion, which yeah. is so cheap. I'm saving like four bucks. No, that's and it, what the funny thing was, I had three of those saved up, three of those $10 gift cards from Criterion. And I went to buy a movie during uh, their 30% off sale this month. And I still had to pay like five bucks for shipping. Yeah. <laughs> but did you do it? 
It's on its way. Okay, good. I'm glad you did it. I'm glad you did it. That getting that that box is so exciting every single time. Yeah, I'm, I'm just diving through. Uh, I, I I've been going through the big collection, so I'm almost finished the Bergman one. Ooh, oh which yeah, is, which is a beast. And then next, uh, I'm starting to go through Godzilla. Oh wow! Oh, I should do that. Godzilla. Well, the Godzilla ones, are, I think, are all on the Criterion channel if you subscribe. Oh yeah, yeah. I should do that. I should totally do that because I've done the Bergman. I'm not. I have about five left because there's so many. He has those old ones too, like a ship. Yeah. And shit. I'm like, what the hell is that? Um, so much. Well, if you want, if you're bored one day, I, I've done um, the third one's coming out, but I've done uh, an episode for the podcast for each one of the centerpieces. I saw one of them, and I was going to download it. That was one I was gonna, next one's going to listen to. Yeah, the third one uh, I think actually comes out uh, next week, so it'll already be out for those that are listening right now. Nice. Uh, and then I got I, for Christmas this year, I got the Zatochi, the Japanese, oh, the, blind, yeah. the blind swordsman. I've I've seen the first one. I'd seen it before. There's it was so entertaining. I can't wait. I'm sure they get weird and crappy at some point, but I'm really <laughs> and there's 25 of them too. So it's I, I'm I'm hoping uh, they don't they don't peak early. 25 i haven't seen any that's been like you know you save some criterions you're like yeah i'm gonna get that one of these days like i love the movie detour uh like old film noir and i've seen on dvd years ago and i've been like waiting for some reason i'm like holding it in my back pocket i'm like what why why don't i just fucking get the movie and just watch it again i think there's certain movies that you're just like oh but you've seen it before right yeah uh because i have some that i've bought and i haven't watched yet and I think part of the, the problem is that I'm like, once I watch it, I can never watch it again for the first time. Yes, I have that right now with 1984. I've never seen 1984. I've never I read the book. I, like, it's, I, I, I've had it there forever. And I keep being like, why don't I do it? I'm like, well, because I'm kind of saving it. For what? Before what, right? That's the funny thing. It's like, it's, like a, it's like a fancy bottle of wine that we're like, we can only open experience once. Yeah, and then you and then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh, this piece of shit!" <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was I? You know, it's funny, but I do that with my son. Like, there's so many movies that he's like, "Can I watch that now?" And I'm like, "You know what? You're gonna appreciate it more if you wait." Yeah, yeah, it's you true. It won't you won't get it? Yeah, you're gonna think 2001 is a boring piece of shit right now. Yeah, like so. Like, like he always asks me, "Is like, what's your favorite movie?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It's my favorite, but it's the movie I probably enjoy the most. It's something like Annie Hall, right?" Oh, yeah. And he's like, well, can I watch it? And I was like, well, no, because you're not going to appreciate it. I was like, you can watch Annie Hall once you've had your heart broken. Yeah. <laughs> and then you will get it and appreciate it. Same as like yeah. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I'm like, it'll just be lost on you. Yeah. It's it, why waste the art and why for you? Although I will say, I was just going to say, and why waste for him what will be beautiful later? However, I've gone through kind of since this in I've been revisiting or watching for the first time several 90s movies that I that I either saw and forgot about and didn't care. Uh, and then I was like, I'm going to go back and watch it. And I, I have a friend I text with all the time being like, do you think this one will hold up? Do you think this one holds up? And I, I finally watched, um, uh, oh, it's one I suggested to do on this, which is your fourth episode, which is Life is Beautiful. Yeah. Which I, I was like, I love that. It was the fourth episode of like 155 was the one. <laughs> um, and I was like, I, I'd never seen it. I just had never seen it. And I was like, this is so fun. Like, I love 90s movies. So I've been doing that with 90s movies. I just bought um, uh, The Thomas Crown Affair with Pierce Brosnan because I love John McTiernan. And I was like, I'm so excited to watch this random 90s you know- movie. And you know what? I if I, were, I I haven't seen it in a long time, but uh, I I like that movie when it first came out, and I like the original too. They kind of stand on their own in a nice way. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, it's interesting. Like it was funny. Uh, Norm Wilner came on the Life Is Beautiful episode just to shit all over it because he hates that movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after I, you watch it, listen to the episode because it's quite entertaining. Uh, what do you think of Life Is Beautiful? I think it's not without its problems. Oh, certainly. I'll say what I like about it, though, that I didn't know going in. I always kind of shit out in my head because I was like, ah, stupid, weepy old movie. I thought within the first 10, 15 minutes, they were going to be in the concentration camp. I actually liked that it was kind of sort of ballsy for him to have an hour-long farcical kind of movie and you were like, oh, this like kind of ridiculous comedy with this weirdo. I was like, that's actually kind of ballsy to me that he didn't just go right to this concentration camp. 
In a weird way, it's kind of like the Holocaust movies of the full metal jacket of Holocaust movies. Yeah, yeah, they took their time at the beginning to really establish everybody. And then totally tell a different story for the second half. Yeah, except his wife and his wife in real life, she's 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 a really bad actress. Yeah, there's also that. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. should we should we watch the movie? Okay, yes. We, we've talk. avoided talking about it because we don't know anything about it, but that's a good thing. I'm so, uh, so uh, let's, uh, let's watch. I, I probably haven't mentioned it yet, but I think it's obvious by the recording. Mark and I are, are not together at my screening room at home. We're, uh, we're vicariously. He's in L.A. and I'm here, which is also the byproduct I've realized of COVID is that I can record the podcast with people I normally wouldn't have on because I usually – kind of the stipulation is you have to come and we have to watch it together in person. But this kind of opens me up to a lot of people that I, I don't normally get to have on. So it's kind of great. Yeah. I'm really, really excited about this because I don't know. I'm not going to talk about my expectations. Never mind. Oh, Oh, of the movie or of me? Jesus no. Christ. <laughs> well, I already have. You've solidified my expectations many times over. This is, um, this is a totally different thing. I, am I allowed to say what I think it's going to be like? Oh, I, not if you think it's going to spoil something for me, though. No, I just think we're both going to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be fun, too. I don't know why. I just think I, I, I looked at the cover again today. because I didn't looked at the cover in a while. I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to hate this movie. But I'm excited to check it out. Yeah. And then we can, we can either. Oh, what will be really fun if one of us hates it and one of us loves it. Oh, and then we'll and this will become like a four hour epic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, dear listeners, come back in, in mere moments for you to find out if Mark and I uh, just lost two hours of our life or if we're like suddenly new people. Yeah, I can't wait. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So we just finished and we sure did. <laughs> um. Am I going first? Doesn't matter. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm happy to go first. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'd love to know what you thought, but if you want me to go first, I, I can do that too. I have an immediate thought for sure. Go for it. My immediate thought is: it's so schlocky, it's so psycho. It's like everyone says De Palma is a ripoff of Hitchcock. This is the most overt. Oh yeah. Yet. Yet it's like a weird guilty pleasure, those set pieces and the music. I was into it. So as much as I'm like, come on, I'm like, I'm into it. I was so into it. I was shocked by how into it I was. I <laughs> know. <laughs> like, despite yourself, you're like, why? It's like listening to a Blink-182 song. You're like, yeah, it's, it's not bad, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's got all the things. And the worst part was my daughter came down and didn't want to fall asleep in her, in her bed. So she, I was like, you can lie on the couch. I'm going to, I put the eye, my headphones in for the first part. And then, of course, she turns around, that shower scene kicks in. Unbelievable. And she's like, Daddy, why is that woman cleaning herself so thoroughly? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You turn around, baby. <laughs> she's really trying to get clean. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she really is. That's, I mean, that's as gratuitous as it gets. That was, I, and this is the first scene. I'm like, and why, is, and the guy shaving is like so, it's so silly. I'm like, I guess she wants him to fuck her, but like, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. And the close ups of nipples, I'm like, just nonsense. Well, not only that, it's like, do we really, I mean, do we really need to see the woman's bush? No, we don't. It was like watching a Ken Myers film. <laughs> it was like, this is so ridiculous. But I, can, I'm, I guess that must have been like part of their marketing strategy in the 80s. And it's like, come see this movie where like in the first 30 seconds, you get a really long, that wasn't even the opening credits. It wasn't like it needed to be that long because <laughs> they had to fit credits over it. That was just Brian De Palma making some poor woman shower in front of him naked for like half a day. And like four, it was only like four different shots. It was literally like close up of blue boobs, close up of bush, and her close up, and then the water shot. I literally think it was like four shots. It's like, why do you have to keep cutting back and forth? And she was, correct me if I'm wrong, the actress that played her was like a TV star too, wasn't she? Yes, Angie Dickinson. Yeah. I, well, I, I don't know what she's from, but I just know her name. I, know, I remember her from Point Blank, the uh, John Borman movie. So that must have been some kind of a draw to like come see Angie Nickerson 
Angie Dickinson naked. And it's yeah. like, they didn't, you arguably don't even need that first scene. She could just be having sex with her husband, disinterested, and then just go talk to Michael Caine, and you would have gotten the same information. Yeah, 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 exactly. As gratuitous as it gets. So if you want to look up the word gratuitous in the dictionary, a screenshot of this of this scene will be next to it. The, and the other thing, too, that the biggest thing that rings out to me is, number one, Michael Caine clearly is the killer. Like, clearly, I was like, well, it's obviously him. He's acting kind of weird, except obviously when he gets the voice message, you're a little thrown. But then within 10 minutes later, you're like, well, why is he so dark all the time? Like, clearly this I'm, guy is not, like, going to save the day. I'm not going to lie. That threw me. Really? Well, just a little bit. I got to say, I was not. I don't know The voice why. message throws you. The voice message is great. It's a great misdirect. Um no, I. You know what? I just even though I knew it was like a ripoff of Psycho, clearly, I uh, I did not. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I wish I could say I saw that coming. Uh, although the one thing that bugged me throughout, and I went, well, of course, but the but they kind of explained it away. Was why is he not like giving all the information he has to the police? But then when he goes to see the other therapist, yeah. he uh, says he exp- he kind of justifies it enough for me to go, oh, he's. He doesn't want to report his his old client unless uh, unless he knows for sure. I'm like, I guess I get that. And also in that <laughs> opening scene when when he's interviewing him about um, the the dead woman, uh, he's very protective of his client. So they kind of set that up well enough. I don't know why, man. I, I wish I, I I'm pretty good at figuring that shit out early on and calling it right away. That was a great shock for me. That's so funny because I'm brutal at it. I suck. And Georgina, my wife, I'll sit and watch a movie with her and she'll be like five minutes in. She's like, clearly that guy has been, you know, he's been extorting money and his wife is actually in Brazil. I'm like, how the hell did you know that already? Like, <laughs> I'm not good at it at all. And for some reason I was just like, he's acting so stoic. Except the phone, the message did throw me for a little while. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. But like, I, 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 oh, the other thing that stands out to me, I mean, there's a lot of good things too. There's so much good. I mean, the museum sequence is great. Um, the set pieces are great. The, so many split, uh, split focus diopters. Oh, the diopter shots. God. Yeah. Di- Brian, it's like Brian, he got a new tool in his toolbox and he just wanted to do his <laughs> much. Like in the subway, why? I, well, I got why? it in. <laughs> <laughs> he just he said, all of a sudden it was just like, do we have the diopter today? It's like, fuck, throw it on. <laughs> <laughs> we got to use it. We spent 400 bucks on it. It's, yeah. It's so funny. But, oh, wait, my favorite part was the elevator when it almost felt like a Lynchy type thing when she's looking in that um, mirror mm-hmm. and, uh, and it's like this weird sound, r- weird sound effect. Well, she's seeing the reflection of the killer in the mirror in the, in the elevator. And great. it's like so many shots. And then she grabs the knife. You're like, oh, that's that's that was so beautifully done. Well, it was as soon as I mean, that was uh, that was the shower scene, right? That's the yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's so crazy. It's like it is. It makes me really want to go listen to him talk about it because it's, he it's must cl- have been asked about that all the time. He must, yeah, because it's clearly him doing Psycho, right? Like even, and I gotta say too, like because I, I didn't know what this movie was about, so. You know, 30 minutes in, I'm going, why are we still following this woman? I thought this movie, like, Michael Caine's number one billing. Seems a little odd that we're following this woman. And then they do the, you know, the psycho kill where it's like, oh, not about they this did, woman. They did the Janet Lee thing. Yeah. They had so, a star and they kill the star so you don't see it coming. And you're yeah. like, but it works. It was great. <laughs> well, just that slash of her hand, I was like, fuck. Yeah, I know. I was like, that's gnarly. But uh, the other thing I was thinking, wait, there's also... The, the female cop at the end who just happens to dress the same way. And then also, she doesn't even have any lines in that last scene. He's like, yeah, Betsy here has been following you around for a while. And she's just like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's it? Give her something, man. Give this character something. Yeah. What are the cha- And what was Franz's, then his Franz's excuse? is like, I was at a football game with my kids. So, fu- <laughs> so fuck it if you were going to get murdered. I guess. <laughs> it's like, it literally is like Dennis Franz went to De Palma and was like, dude, this doesn't make sense. Why didn't I, where was I during this? And he was like, uh, just say you're at a football game with your kid. Let's roll. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's like, what a throwaway, weird. That's the only reason. This was a million dollar spec sale, this script. What's this? 
I was I was reading uh, some trivia right before we got on. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Uh, which is basically just like, and it's worse because you're like, he just ripped off Psycho. Yeah, I'm just gonna do North by Northwest and call it South by Southeast, and <laughs> I'm gonna make a million dollars. But also, uh, yeah, that woman. Oh, Dennis Franz. I I thought he was. I didn't think he was very strong in it. And also, no, he he's not this, like, good at it at all. This New York cop, and he clears a Chicago accent, and all the chains and stuff, and he's like, "Fuck you!" And like, it was just, I, yeah, I thought he, he was, he was transferred. Brutal. Yeah, he was not great in this. There's a reason why Dennis Franz is known as a great TV actor uh, <laughs> yeah, of, of during, the era of the era of like those kind of TV actors. Yeah, he was in the Bronze Age of television. Yeah, and, uh, and that's not to shit on that age of television. There was some great stuff that came out of it. But it's like, you know, he landed there for a reason. He's not the... And he always just plays the cop. I, I'm trying to have ever seen that guy, with the exception of that Nicolas Cage, like, Angel movie, where he doesn't play a cop. Oh, yeah. God, I forgot about that. City of Angels, right? City of Angels, yeah. Um, I just remember that soundtrack of that movie. But uh, the other thing... Do you think that this movie would get away with being made today? Is it appropriate? I was like, is well, this I was trying like to the think transsexual about that. is kind of like all fucked up? I was like, um. But also the thing that fucked me up too, let's get into that in a second, but before I forget, it was like the other thing that like that threw me was especially after that opening shower scene, was it blew my mind that she was someone's mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Right afterwards. Yeah, and that was maybe a bit judgmental on my part. Uh, of course, she could be sexual and be someone's mom, but it was like those two ideas didn't go together. Uh, and Keith <laughs> was it? Is it Keith Gordon? Is Keith, the guy that played was in Christine. I thought he right? was good. He yeah. was actually because in because Christine. I don't know if you've seen Christine, the, the uh, Carpenter film. Yeah, it's so over the top and so badly dated that, uh, and he's not great in it. But that's just because the film itself is so hyped up. Um, but he was actually really growing. Do you know he's a big TV director now? Oh, really? I meant to look him up as soon as it, as soon as I finished it. I was like, I got to find out about this guy. Because for how old was he? Do you know how old he was at the time? Oh, but he must have been in his teens, maybe he's, early twenties. Really good. He he's arguably yeah. the best performance in the film. Yeah. Well, Kane's pretty good. Yeah. But, Kane's great. Yeah. But um, he uh, yeah he he directed like a bunch of Fargo. Um, and really, one of the main directors on Dexter. So yeah, he's got a bunch of. He's a TV director now. Oh, that's kind of cool to hear. And he's directed a couple indie features too. Um, yeah, you'll look it up and be like, holy shit! Why didn't I know that this was the same guy? I mean, Fargo. I mean, come on. That's like that's like, that's arguably probably my favorite show. I think. Yeah, he's like, doing so okay. But yeah, yeah is, is this is this movie appropriate now? Um, I don't know. It's like I was trying to think that as a cis white male, and I'm like, is this movie offensive? Yeah, um, I was like, I don't know. They've got that great Geraldo clip in there, where even Geraldo yeah. like kind of corrects himself, and he's like, I said that in a really terrible way. That I really appreciated that clip being in there. Because uh, here's the thing: for 1980, it could have been so much worse. It's right. It's, it's- Somewhat progressive, actually, because at least you have, um, when, in that Geraldo clip too, that the the trans person is like, you know, I is very comfortable with themselves, mm-hmm. and it it actually sheds like a light on like you know what I mean, even in a time when that was not as considered normal, this person's very comfortable and happy with themselves. No, they're not trying so, to make fun of that of that person in that moment. I mean, you could argue that it's like. You know, you shouldn't make the crazy person transsexual. That's just a bad call for <laughs> for a movie. Um, but I don't. It's not trying to paint because of the use of that Geraldo clip. The movie's clearly not saying, "Hey, all people with like gender identity are have issues." Yeah, and even in the you're right, and even in the scene at the end with uh, what's Keith? What's his name? Keith Gordon. Keith, uh, Keith Gordon and Nancy Allen when they're at lunch or dinner or whatever. And you have the, another split focus aftershot of the woman in the background listening to their talk about a, a pendectomy. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Anyway, her reaction, even then, it's not judgmental on the filmmaker. It's like this stuffy, like upper crust kind of older woman doesn't like it. And, the, and she's talking to a kid who's just kind of like, whoa, that's like a lot for me to take in. 
also I'm a kid and I don't know much about this. So even then it wasn't, it wrote a fine line. Yeah. I mean, my son would have that reaction. doesn't seem disturbed by it. She's no. just like, that's what it is. Yeah, the movie doesn't, yeah, the movie's not casting judgment on it. Yeah, my son would be horrified if I explained that to him and he's super woke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, they do what to your penis? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, exactly. It's, it's a lot to take on the first time you hear anything uh involving like something radically changing you're just like oh wow okay but i thought um i thought yeah you're right i think that geraldo clip really kind of makes it okay because at a certain point you're like oh this feels like kind of like weird and then there's also the the dream sequence ending just seemed a bit unnecessary i think you didn't know how to wrap it up what does that mean that it's like she's just fucked for life like she's gonna (laughs) it's gonna haunt her forever yeah, I was like, or are they going to like end up together now? Like, where's well, his dad? I, I'm pretty dead? sure they were banging. Were they not? It feels like it. The way he ran in and consoled her and everything, and I was like, what a weird. And to and also to to really stretch out that scene, the shower scene with Nancy Allen. It's like this is such a long scene for a, a dream. Like, and also yeah. I was like, she turned off the tap. Wouldn't the nurse? Wouldn't Michael Caine notice and just come in and kill her? Why is he waiting so long? The other thing that was weird once you know it's a dream. I mean, the things that made that made me go, "Oh, thank God it was a dream." Was that whole like shot of all the other not inmates, but the other patients watching Michael Caine like undress yeah. this woman? I'm like, that seems so over the top and weird. So the fact that that was a dream made sense. But then just the idea that, and this is the other thing I'll get into in one second, um, that they show you that the shoes are outside the door and that she doesn't know that. So she doesn't know that the Michael Caine is no longer at the door waiting for her, right? As she's in the in the bathroom. Yeah. But so the movie is taking a different point of view inside the dream than she is, and it's her dream. Yeah, that's true. Like we see the feet come <laughs> through the door to go into the bathroom. So I was like, she doesn't know that yet. Yeah, that's a good point. But no, but the, so and has- that, but that's fine if we just stay in her point of view. But the thing is, the movie goes, oh, actually, no, Michael Caine's over here. Uh, but she doesn't know that. They're like, wait a minute, how does she not have this information? It's her dream. <laughs> yeah, I don't have objective dreams. <laughs> I don't have God's eye view dreams. They're outrageously subjective. <laughs> and also, also, uh, I'm assuming you've you've seen Blowout before, which I think is De Palma. I think that and Mission Impossible, I think, are his best movies. You know what? I actually don't think I I, I, I keep on thinking I've seen Blowout, but I don't think I have. Oh, it's fun. it's so good. It's Travolta. I think it's probably just after this but what's funny is that the first scene in blowout and this doesn't give anything away the first scene in blowout is very similar to the beginning of the shower scene where there's a pov camera outside coming into the house the very first scene in blowout so it's really it's like literally like the same so it's like he continued that which is kind of cool in a way but it also shows like is the palma not very original that's just him ripping off like halloween yeah, exactly. Twice. <laughs> like, it's like in back-to-back movies. It's because the other thing I found funny is I looked at the back of the the Criterion case and it says a chat with Noah Bombach. And then I forgot that I saw Bombach's documentary called De Palma. And I was like, what an odd fan. I've seen I've seen Blowout. I was just, yeah, I actually watched it recently because I think the Criterion channel put it on. Yeah, I saw it recently. Yeah, that shot at the beginning where he's there in the editing, they're in the screening room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're watching some slasher movie that John Travolta's character is working on. But isn't that, don't you find that weird that, John, that Noah Baumbach is clearly the massive De Palma fan considering the style and all that kind of stuff? Find you know what? You would think that, but it's like the kind of stuff I really am into. I think most people would look at my filmography and go, it's shocking that Jeremy watches like Bergman. <laughs> right or, uh, maybe not Bergman because because there's like a lot of you know human emotion all that kind of stuff but just some of the stuff I watch I'm sure they go really I don't put the, those two together uh, I guess that's so, true I guess that makes sense yeah people are I'm fascinated by like who influences what filmmakers uh and just kind of like the weird things that make make somebody who they are um what do you think is De Palma's best movie I mean, Mission Impossible is up there. I have to look at this whole filmography. I can pull it up. Um, Mission Impossible is pretty fucking great. Yeah, Mission. I just watched that again recently with um, my son for the first time. He must have uh, loved it. I imagine. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, those movies, like, not quite the same as, like, the Fast and the Furious movies, but they just become these big, ridiculous stunt pieces at one point. But that first one is just straight-up thriller, you know? Yeah, and uh, surprising and all that stuff. Uh, Untouchables is pretty fucking great. Oh, yeah, yeah. Untouchables um, oh, Carlito's yeah. Way. Fun fact... Uh, the original casting for the Michael Caine role in this was Sean Connery. Really? But then uh, there was a commitment problem, and he had to uh, couldn't do it. Wow, uh, that's very interesting. I'm, I'm cur- one of the reasons I picked Dress to Kill was for stuff I mentioned earlier. I just like has had it there for a while and just kind of forgot about it. I also just finished reading Michael Caine's biography or autobiography. Um, and it's such a great read. It's so interesting, so fast. And Sean Connery is like his is like his oldest friend, and he says like the nicest things about him. Uh, and they kind of came up together at the same time. And he said he was one time in the uh, what do they call government assistance? Like in the UK, do they call it the dole or something? When they're yeah, on yeah, the yeah. dole, yep, yep, yeah, yep. yeah. He was in the lineup once when he was in his twenties, and he, that's where he like first saw Sean Connery. Uh, Amazing. Did they ever work together? I don't know if they did or not, but that's really interesting that he was the first choice. I could see Sean Connery in that role, though. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Um, so I've never seen yeah, just going through his filmography. Uh, I've, I, you know, I've never seen Carrie or Sisters. Oh, I haven't either. Or Sisters. I, uh, I mean, Scarface is pretty good. I don't know if you mentioned. Did you mention Scarface? I haven't. Scarface is pretty good. Uh, I hated it the first time I saw it. You know, it's hilarious. Uh, he followed up uh, Mission Impossible with Snake Eyes. Whoa, Daddy. Oh, you know what we were talking about earlier? That's a movie I've been wondering. I'm like, I wonder how that holds up. And I feel like terribly, terribly... Snake Eyes? Yeah. Snake Eyes wasn't great when it first came out. I remember like watching it in the theaters and being like super impressed by you know that opening shot. The big... Yeah. Um, the big... Like that big Warner that, that goes... It's, you know, it's his... But again, he's just ripping off Scorsese's uh, shot from uh, Goodfellas, right? When he goes through the entire <laughs> club. Yeah, and does he also kind of rip off Vertigo with the museum? Remember when she goes to the museum every day and she sits there uh, and and then, like, you know, she has the curl in her hair and James Stewart is following her. It, like, I thought about that when she was in the museum. I was like, with the music, so great. In fact, the score is very similar to a Hitchcock movie. Like, it sounds like Bernard Herrmann 100%. I don't think, I don't know if it was him, but it, it's very similar. So it's just funny. It's like, it's making me think, like, even though I like De Palma's films a lot, it's like, is he completely unoriginal? <laughs> and well, it's, it's, that, does that matter? Yeah, and because it, it's interesting because when you think about it, it's like, I mean, everyone rips off everyone to some extent, right? But you think yeah. about it in terms of like um, Tarantino. Like Tarantino is, is a ripoff artist too, but he makes it his own. Like he filters it through his lens and he does his own thing yeah. with it, right? Um but it's like the Palma here is just outright. It's not. It's it's weird that it's like you don't go. Oh, that's a De Palma thing. Yeah, I, I, except for the diopter shots, <laughs> yeah. he's so intense with them. But I do love them. But that's yeah. the only thing I'm like. That's. But but the other thing too is like, you know, you sit down for a Tarantino movie, and there's so much to look forward to, and a lot of it is dialogue. You're like, I can't wait to fucking just see. And Nolan, it's like the reveals and like. The, the 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 story and the the intricacies and the circles within the circles within the circles and stuff like that like you have certain things to look forward to I will say I was really excited when the movie started that I was like I can't wait to see his set pieces so that is like that's a pretty cool thing to be like no, he, excited to watch them it's interesting though but he is a solid guy like but he doesn't have like I'm trying to think if he has a thing I'm sure someone's made a nerdy list of there would say oh this is what the Palma this is how you can tell the Palma film but. It's a weird, yeah, it's a weird thing. Um, what's weird about this movie, too, and maybe that's true of Psycho, of what he's kind of, which is what he's ripping off, is that it doesn't have any, and it, and it kind of speaks to my comment that I had about the, the, the dream sequence. It doesn't really have a POV. Like, there's no, yeah, this is no character's movie. Yeah, that's true. Actually, if anyone's a protagonist, it's probably the kid. Yeah. In a way. And it's still like, not his movie. No, and I guess the reason... But even in, like, Psycho, 
like it's Janet Lee, and then the point of view shifts over to the sister. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, it is weird because then it's like Nancy Allen and the kid, and it's sort of all of a sudden their movie. Yeah, we leave them like when Michael Caine. We leave them several times to go to Michael Caine when he goes yeah. to the psychiatric place and when he's in his office alone. Um, yeah, what a bizarre thing. You get it? It it works. Yeah, but it's just another one of those things where it's just like anyway, it's fine. It's pretty um, dirty too. Like I did not think she needed to see that Buddy had a venereal disease. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that added to the movie. Like he's already given her a weird day. It's like she fucks this guy. She doesn't know him in a cab, broad daylight. Then she goes back to his place for the day. Then she spends like forty minutes writing a note and going back and forth. Then gets killed and then forgets her ring. I'm like, why does she have to have a venereal disease? Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just the movie has a bunch of moments. Just like, wow, they really went harsh with that. Uh, like, that's <laughs> yeah. one of them. The other one was that comment by, uh, like the, the I, for lack of a better term, I'll say thugs in the in the subway that are kind of like, uh, you know, sexually harassing her. Uh, when the guy says, "You're bothering me," I'm gonna break your ass. And the other guy follows it up with, <laughs> why break it when you can fuck it first? It's like, Jesus. That is yeah, one way like, to pick up a woman in the subway. <laughs> and also, is this adding anything to further the plot? I mean, why do no. they have to... Why, like, the, why does... Well, because then I guess like the point of view in the subway becomes theirs as they're like the big bad guys who are going to be like, you know, the kings of the subway, but then they're terrified by what they see. This is the only thing but, it really adds. But I will say, I did like the moment when they come upon her and you see the killer come behind her and then the kid shows up. I like that yeah. series of things. Like, I actually kind of rewound it because I, I didn't expect all that. I was like, whoa. Like, but that like, said, oh, that, that, that could have been, been anyone in the, street, in the subway car watching that. You didn't need to set up those guys to accomplish that same thing. And you did not need to say, well, you can fuck it first. Like, good God, man. And they were like, his penis became hard. And like, they just say like stuff like that a lot. And I'm like, didn't they really need to, like, what isn't it? Is that at the end he says that? Or was that earlier when the doctor was like, well, his penis becomes hard. And then this happens. And it was like, you could just be like, he was turned on. Like, it was a bit like, I feel like a bit prudish. I was like, oh, this is like unnecessarily kind of dirty talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's interesting. I'd love to know actually. It's interesting because I mean, not that this gives it a pass, but I go, well, it's it's uncriterion. They don't tend to like glamorize movies that uh, are problematic in the in, in the way that you know this movie might be. But they're also it's interesting. But they also kind of like speak to that sometimes. I I'd be curious to know what someone in like the transgender community thinks of this movie. I'd be very curious to know. So, so um, hit, hit us up, those uh, if you if you're listening to this. I'm curious to know your thoughts because Mark and I are unqualified to have an opinion in that arena. Yeah, but like ultimately, I mean, I guess I I, I sat down and enjoyed watching it. Like I overall was like entertained. Uh, I didn't walk away with a whole lot. I don't think. I mean, I have to sit on it for a while. I don't know how much I like. I don't know about you, but it takes me a while to decide if I like the movie or not. Yeah. But no, I know I, th- I was entertained. I think for me, it's like, I think this movie will stick with me. And that's a sign of a movie I liked. Or at least yeah. that is, I think I, I'm glad I watched. But it's like, and I, I, the more I think about it, I'm like, you know, as I go, was it offensive? Was it like, it's like, I keep on thinking like for 1980, for what the story was telling, the characters it has, it's about as progressive as a movie is going to be made in America at that point. You're right. And when we forget sometimes well i know i do anyway is that this was like 1980 me and you, i was born in the 80s i think you were too right yeah 81 yeah so yeah i'm 84 so it's like we're used to that not seeming but that's 40 years ago like that actually is a long fucking time ago yeah so you're right like it's like 40 years ago i mean things have only been really turning the tide in the last few years well you think about like i mean and i guess the this is the ending of that like riff on this in a way, like you look at like the ending of something like Ace Ventura, the first one, brutal, 
brutal. Which is, which is like kind of lampooning this in a terrible way. Like that movie, that's even where like my my kids really love watching like movies from the 90s and early comedies. I don't know if I want them to watch Ace Ventura because of that ending. It's so is awful. An entire police force throws up. It is like, is absolutely crazy. Like I was like, I cannot believe that they did this. And everyone was like, ha, 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 ha. Hey, at the time, hilarious. Oh, at the time, yeah, it's it's just nuts. But that was um, te- that was like what, like a decade and uh, uh, you know, thirteen years after this, whatever year that came out. So you think about that, and like that was played for comedy. Yeah, that's you true. Know? So I this mean, is that like, goes to show it's like seemingly progressive in that way. Seemingly progressive, yeah. <laughs> what an odd <laughs> review of movie. Yeah, it was seemingly progressive. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I guess I don't. I, I don't feel comfortable commenting on it from my my cis my white male point of view but i i think i but i'd love to know um and hear the opinions of of other people uh in this arena because i'm like for my gaze i think it's pretty good for for the time but you know it's, it's not, all con- it's all context yeah 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 um i just think it's really funny in general if like your next movie is almost like it's seemingly progressive <laughs> like what do you say with that Mark, I have gotten worse reviews. <laughs> <laughs> you would take the seemingly progressive. Yeah, I'd put that, I would put that on the poster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, bigger than the title of the movie itself. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing: if I saw that in a poster, I would probably check that movie out. <laughs> I would have to because I'd be like, "Look, this is going to blur some sort of line. I don't know. Are they going to overstep it? Or are they way yeah. before? Like, are they not even close to it? It's seeming like." The reviewer like themselves. The reviewer themselves can't decide. <laughs> Do you remember when we were at the Calgary Film Festival? I think it was Calgary with How to Plan an Orgy in a Small Town, yep. and it was me and you and who else was there? Was Ennis there? No, I don't know. Wasn't Ennis? Who was Jonas? Was, was it Jonas? Jonas. There was at least one or two other cast members there. I think, yeah, I think it was Jonas. Or, no, it wasn't Christian Brune. Uh, it might have been Jonas Chernick, yeah. And we got up and everyone, it went very well. I remember it was a packed house. Everyone was laughing the whole time. It was like wonderful. And then people were asking questions and it was going good. And then some woman, I can't remember what she said. She stood up in the back and was like, not happy with the movie at all. Just because it was, you know, it was it was risque or whatever. I mean, you know what I mean? No, not- I, there was two things. There was two things um, that that woman bumped on and it caused the audience itself to have a fight. Yes. And they, uh, okay. I think and they, some people turned on her. Most people turned on her, but it was interesting. And it's great when that happens and you just sit back and enjoy the ride. But what it was over is because there is a, um, there's two things. Uh, and they're both from Jonas's character. I think actually uh, <laughs> one is there is like a transgender joke. Um, but it's like it's played. It's it's commented by a person who is clearly identified as an idiot. Yeah. Uh, in the movie, and uh, and not meant to be. And it, and I would argue he continues to masturbate. He's not offended by it. You know. Yeah. He's okay with it. And then the other thing is, uh, oh, there's the Holocaust joke. Oh, the Holocaust. Right, right, right. I remember she, that now. She didn't like the Holocaust joke. Um, and my my defense of her for those who have not seen how to plan orange in a small town first of all shame on you second yeah, of all how dare you stop listening uh, there's this I'll ruin this moment for you uh, just to give it some context for those who haven't seen it as uh, a character who's trying not to have an orgasm and like the old joke is like think of baseball players' names or something so instead this character who is clearly Jewish in the movie uh, starts saying names of concentration camps to stop himself <laughs> from having an orgasm. <laughs> which the argument I made and I stand by is that he was trying to think of the worst thing he could possibly think of to not have an orgasm. Can you think of something yes. worse than concentration camps? I can't pretty terrible things. Mark, wouldn't you say? I agree. And he is, he is Jewish. It's, it, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Pers- you and I can't, t- can't get away with that joke. I would not make that joke. And I don't think you would either. And also, uh, the other character that he's with in the scene tells him it's too far, that he's yeah, gone too far. They went too far. Yeah, they, they, the movie comments it. And the other, I think the other, someone, and then, and 
was great because it would be my defense too. It was like the the person, the thing that the person came back with was actually using your character, Bruce Bucks, who at the beginning is making the comments about like small town ignorant racism, right? Yeah, uh, and it's like that guy, like that you know, that character is clearly the voice. It's the voice of the idiot and the ignorant, and it's like. It's the movie is aware. That's the other thing. It's like I think if the movie is aware when it's being prejudiced because it's being honest to who the characters are, and that's just it. Like I grew up in a small town, and that's how people are. Yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, when I sorry. I just want to. I remember when that woman stood up. Now I remember that. Now I remember the Holocaust joke she didn't like. I remember my sister Lorianne was there who does not mince words and was a really tough cookie. And I remember she turned back and was like, "Are you serious?" To that woman. <laughs> <laughs> she like yelled at her. Anyway, um, it kind of reminds me sometimes of, I remember when Wolf of Wall Street came out, a lot of people were like, this is disgraceful. Like, you I mean, we're following this character who's a piece of shit and he does these awful things. He punches his wife in the stomach. It's like, but that's the point. That is that character. I don't think Scorsese is saying this is good. That's the whole point. He's like, look how far this guy went. Look at where he started and look what he's doing now. Like, it's that thing in movies when it's like what you're saying, it's, it's not tone deaf. It's making a point in a way too you know what i mean it's 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 a tough thing to pull off but i think sometimes that's lost as soon as you see something like for example i saw the movie hustlers i don't know if you saw it i, I really yeah. wanted to see it i thought the trailer looked great and i just thought it looked like a really good movie and i was like i want to go see it and i went to see it and i honestly really really didn't and one of the reasons i didn't like it is because i didn't feel enough for them and and because jennifer lopez felt too in control the whole time i thought it was j-lo just being full-on movie star j-lo that i was like I'm not feeling for her. Like I, I had the same problem. I was kind of shocked by how well that movie came out. Like people loved it. People went on about it. And I was like, this movie, I don't think this movie is what people think it is, but I am also not the person who can say that. Yeah, me too. And I even felt weird saying it, but I was like, I felt weird thinking it because I was like, well, she's a stripper. Look what she has to do. And these guys are fucking assholes anyway. But at the same time, I was like, but I'm not seeing them go through something that I feel like a should I feel like it needed another level. Not that I think it should have been graphic or disgusting or anything, but I felt for um, the other character more than I felt for Jennifer Lopez's character. I was like, Jennifer Lopez is just in control the whole time. I felt like it was too much of a movie star doing it than yeah. like a real human being where I wanted to care for her so bad, but I just, I just didn't really. So it's like, I guess what I'm saying is for me as a viewer, it's like, I, I you gotta see the tough stuff to be able to appreciate it in some sort of way too. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. You need context. Yeah. I need context. And to be like, yeah, we're showing this is not okay. But the more brutal it is, the more you'll feel for that person because you're like, Oh fuck, that's what they're going through. God damn it. That's brutal. Well, people also um, have to earn things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When people are like, that's, that's why like, I don't like Lars von Trier movies, but like when you watch dancer in the dark, you're like, Jesus Christ, fuck. <laughs> she goes through so much yeah like it, it's a bit too far but cronenberg does a good job of that i think it's like when he shows something bad it's what it is you shouldn't you should want to turn away from it yeah yeah I, that's fun i just watched uh, naked lunch last night for the first time Whew, that's a wacky one i haven't seen that in a while it's I just remember the, it's the weird it's boner like thing coming out during the sex scene. i just remember that part and i was the, like what the, the typewriter that bug yeah. typewriter is so it's like this is so him yeah it's too much him almost it's like i i couldn't really did you like it in the end no i yeah, I, I didn't either I'll never i kind of had to force myself to finish it yeah it's a lot of his movies although i like the dead zone a lot but like dead zone's great dead zone's so good and the fly but then he'll like and then his last couple ones too like cosmopolis i was like oh man fuck is this over my god yeah, like, uh, but, goes, I, but I liked History of Violence. I liked it too, and I love Eastern Promises. Yeah. A good example of that, Eastern Promises, that fight, that naked fight is so brutal. I'm not saying every movie needs something like that, but you're like, fuck, man. It's so visceral that you're like, I shouldn't want to see this. Like, I shouldn't want to look at that knife in the eye because it's awful. No, movies need that. Movies need that. I mean, and, 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 and on different things, and, and I, I wanted to bring it back around to this because uh, I wanted to, like, you know, to bookend with our conversation with Criterions at the beginning. But uh, you must be very excited that uh, a movie that you're in is getting its Criterion release in July. 
Yeah, it's cool. I just got saw the email with the Criterion new releases. I was like, oh, that's cool. A friend of mine texted me. He's like, you're in the Criterion world. It was like, even if it's for two seconds, I don't give a shit. Oh, um, yeah, but that scene that you know, the scene in Marriage Story, that fight scene they have at his apartment, is just like, oh that's a great God. example of just like two people at their absolute worst. Uh, oh my and God. it's so wonderful and uncomfortable and amazing. But he only gives you one. There's only they're pretty good to each other the rest of the movie. So, like what you said, like I guess he, they really earned that. Yeah, and it's so watchable. Like that script is like. When he says, like, every day I wish you were dead and stuff, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, man. Yeah, well, it's like shit I've said in my head and thank God I never said it out loud. Yeah, and even he really tapped into that in that movie too, like the part with Alan Alda where he says, uh, when Alan Alda starts telling him a joke and he looks to the clock to think, like, this joke has cost me money and he actually says that to him. That is the kind of thing I would think. I'd be like, oh, motherfucker, how long is this joke going to take? I don't have time for this. <laughs> like, it's this weird... Like, yeah, consciousness he's able to hit. Yeah, Don't you love getting those emails with the new releases of Criterion? Oh, God. It just makes me go, well, there goes a hundred bucks. <laughs> it's almost, dep- it depresses you. <laughs> well, no, now it's good. Now I've, I've been better uh, uh, because I just, I'm like, I usually uh, add them to like a, a gift list for, uh, that's kind of what I get for Christmas now is I, I send that off to my mother-in-law and my aunt who buy me gifts, my wife. And it's like, just give me, the, just knock stuff off my criterion list and I'm good. Give me that and like a new pair of underwear and I'm happy. And then are they ever like, well, we want to get you something original. And you're like, I don't want anything original. No, I'm like, I'm yeah, an adult. Anything, yeah, I, there's nothing I want that you will give me. If you give me anything, it's just, I will not use it. It's, I promise you. <laughs> These are the things that I will, I would appreciate not having to spend my own money on. And but I also wait, and I'm like buy them during the flash sale so you can get me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, just wait four months if you yeah. can handle that. Uh, I just wanted to mention too. It's funny because remember I, I I said life is beautiful, but that one was taken, and then I said three women by Altman, and I love that your response was. I mean, I saw it a long time ago. I definitely don't need to see that again. And I, I watched it, and boy, howdy, you were right. I uh, <laughs> don't need to see that again either. I love Altman, but I do not need to watch that again. It, it just, that one felt like a, a weird fever dream that I did not need to be shared with. It was just like, yeah. you're, you're working out shit that you should just do with your therapist. Yeah, or just like with your mind for an hour. Like, it's almost like, it's like me being like, dude, I had a dream last night that like the lamppost was my daughter, and then the vacuum cleaner turned into jfk and then there were planes everywhere but the planes were miniature i'm gonna make exactly that into a movie you'd be like mark no 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 like make it you gotta ground it in some sort of reality so, <laughs> like but what's amazing and and you know for you and i as, as the kind of filmmakers we are i'm sure you look at that and you go that guy so apparently at that point in his career he could have just made fucking anything and it, yes and it was a studio movie I think it was TriStar or something because I, I had to look at I had to like check the credits and stuff. I was like, did a studio make this? A studio said yes to that. There's no way there was a fucking script that someone approved. They just went Altman, Shelley Duvall's in it. He just came in with a package and like, fuck it, sure. Yeah, and he was like, I'm just shooting at some weird bar in, a, in a, an apartment. Just give yeah. me like two, two million bucks. And I mean, like, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't have been that expensive of a movie. No, it does not work. Let's just say Dress to Kill is without exaggeration or hyperbole, 10 billion times better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, thank you for not making me revisit uh, Three Women. Because I like yeah. Altman, too. But, man, that one, that one was one that I, again, I'm like, I forced myself to finish. And then, uh, and then went, I got everything I needed out of that movie the first time. Yeah, which was nothing. I, I pressed <laughs> the display to see, like, how much time was left, like, every three minutes in it. And now I'm building a fireplace in my apartment just to throw it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you buy it? Yes, I bought it. I bought it sight unseen. Like we were talking about with Criterion. You know, you like, there's ones you see, you're like, I got to get that one. I've been holding off on that one. And then there's ones you're like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to be crazy. Here's the thing. Here's the, I don't know. I'm sure there's a, there's a stores in LA that are similar. But like, I will say the one good thing about uh, Criterion's are that they retain some of their value when you go to like sell them at used stores. 
Oh yes. Oh yeah. So so don't don't burn it. Someone some other person <laughs> will will want that. And you can you can at least get a few bucks out of it. Yeah, because I do that because um some of the DVDs I replaced with the Blu-rays, or I got that big Bergman collection, and I already owned like Virgin Spring, and I had like all these like, Cries and Whispers, and all these ones that I'm already like itching to bring to Amoeba Music. If they ever yeah, yeah, I would say Amoeba would have uh, Amoeba would be the one that I would go to do. Well, here's the is this BMV in Toronto does that really well for those yeah uh, those one. So what was amazing was I got the the Criterion set for the Bergman set for Christmas that year, and I had probably half of them already on DVD. Uh, and so I took them to, to BMV and I got more money from that than I would have than the, than the Blu-ray giant box set actually cost. Are you serious? I no, I'm not. And I don't, and it was like, I doubled up. I got all the movies back on Blu-ray plus more. Uh, oh my and, I, God. and I made money. I mean, I got it as a gift, so it didn't cost me anything anyway. But if I were to have just done it that way, I'm like, I would have came out ahead. That's amazing. Well, I guess because BMV and like Amoeba in these places, their big selling point is the specialty movies, like Criterions and stuff like that. Like that's their kind of thing because the market, I guess, has gone down a little. So it's like if you can get go buy Criterion somewhere, it's like a bit of a special thing, I guess. So that's why they'll give you a bit more, a few more bucks for it. Yeah, because even me and like I was the guy that back in the days of Blockbuster would go and like you know buy all their used movies and just buy oh, whatever. Yeah, tons. But I don't do that. I go there's there's beat goes on in Ontario. There's a, a chain that does is secondhand movies, and I'll, every now and then I'll pop in uh, and get a few things. But mostly it's like I'm upgrading my old VHS that are, I yeah. still haven't gotten around to. But I, th- I was literally just thinking about this today, and I'm like, no, like the DVDs I or the discs I buy now are basically Criterion, uh, and I look at it, yeah. it's like, and yeah. then I, it's my wine collection. It, yeah, for me too. And I love just like Georgina will come in a lot in, into like I'm all in my office and I'm like, she'll be like, like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm oh, just looking at movies. Like <laughs> I'm just, like, just gazing at them. I, like I'm like, God, like that's really weird that I'm just like just looking over a bunch of titles because there's always ones. I always buy so many that I, I haven't caught up to yet. Yes. Yeah, and then I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I own that. Like I like I still have, um, you know, the Antonioni, what are those three films? Like La Ventura, La Note, and I can't remember the other one. Anyway, La Note or whatever, how you pronounce it. I just realized I'm looking at them right now as I'm talking to you. I was like, totally forgot I own that. I haven't watched it yet. Totally <laughs> forgot that yeah. was there. I keep a list in my journal and my notebook. So I, so I, every now and then I look at it and I'm like, oh, right, this one, this one, this one. Uh, oh, just because otherwise I would forget completely. Do you, uh, do you, I mean, and the irony is the main reason I justify the criteria is that I'm like, well, they're just packed with amazing bonus features. How often oh, do you yeah. watch the bonus features? I normally watch all of them. I, I really like to watch all of them, except for like ones that are like, you know, when they go off on a tangent. Like I, I I'm like kind of, I kind of like the vanilla behind the scenes making ups. I always like those. I mean, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to watch the Bombach interview with De Palma. Like that's a special one. But sometimes they're like, here's a two hour documentary about the art director's friend, and you're like, yeah, I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, and that's what I mean. But there's so, especially that Bergman said, I'm like, holy shit, that thing is just loaded. There's probably more content additional content on in that set than the movie lengths themselves oh yeah it's crazy and the only thing about that set that i'm disappointed by is that they don't have and i can't find it anywhere uh face to face which is one of his most revered movies and it's not in the set it's 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 bizarrely not there i don't know why yeah i had that on dvd Um, oh really yeah there was this box set that had uh passion for anna shame Face to oh, face. Oh yeah, they all look the same. Hour of the Wolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all like this brown case. Yeah, uh, I have some of those. I had that whole set uh, at one point. Um, Is it good? Is face to face good? I don't remember. Yeah, some. It, see, didn't, it didn't. It didn't stand out. Yeah, Bergman's funny. Like I, he's kind of like in a way my favorite in in a lot of ways. He's like even the movie I just made that I directed was like very much inspired by. But then there's some ones that you're like, oh, that's a, that was that was a tough one. Yeah, you like, also imagine that he's cranking out like a movie a year, if not two, sometimes, right? Two. So yeah. a lot of the, like he was just experimenting a lot. Yeah, and you know what? The craziest thing I I realized is I watched I rewatched a lot of his movies before I shot mine. And have you seen First Reformed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Winter Light. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's literally the same movie. It's it's the exact Paul Schrader. Just I love Paul Schrader, but it's the same movie. It's like there's a priest who's conflicted with his faith. He has a man and woman come to him, and the man is really depressed about the state of the world. And then he goes off and he kills himself. And then the guy creates some sort of relationship with the woman while he's still recording in his journal and not sure what to do with his faith as a priest. I'm like, yeah. that is first reform. They literally have the exact same plots. But Schrader, I think, admitted that. I think he said it was him, it was him doing Bergman. I'll, either way, I'll take it. I loved first reformed. Yeah, I thought it was really, really great. What do you, um, what do you think of four by three when someone does that? Uh, it doesn't. It, it didn't bother me uh, in that movie. I saw. Well, I saw it at a film festival, so it was on a big screen, and so oh, that's I, cool. so it wasn't on a TV. I think on a TV, I would notice it more. Yeah, but uh, but even like at my place at home, uh, I have a screening room. So it's kind of similar to watching a theater where it's like, I don't notice like the cutoffs from the TV because it just frames it however it's supposed to. Right, uh, right, right. And so it doesn't, uh, the, by not having the border of the television and then the blank space, it doesn't, it changes that, I think, a little bit. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I have the, I've had it for years, the, the Blu-ray of Mommy, the Dolan movie. Uh, oh, and I haven't that one, seen that. And that one's shot like vertically, right? Isn't it? There's, I, know, I know that's, it's like, Tighter than four three, I think. Wow, like, I didn't know that. For some reason, it's almost like someone shot it on an iPhone that doesn't know how to. Who never watched a fucking movie in their life? <laughs> doesn't that kill you? People that shoot home movies on their phones and they like they hold it like up and down. It literally to, rips me to pieces. I'm like it rips me apart. You know how movies are presented. Does it, do you yeah. not? I, I, it's different if you're like taking a selfie. Or something you're going to post on an Instagram story, but home movies that are shot like that—it's—it it drives it me crazy. I'm like, you're changing constantly. How are you not noticing it? It—it it annoys me just as much as people who leave True Motion on their TV, and like, I'm like, and they like a friend of mine who watches a lot of movies, and I'm like, you you have True Motion on, like, have you not noticed? It looks like a soap opera because you you have a fast flow thing going on here. And it literally breaks my spirit down into a thousand pieces. Yeah, and if and honestly, so for those people that uh, aren't aware or have friends that are like this, literally just typing like Google the name of your television and like cinematic like settings, and it will. And if there isn't like a, a, a default inside the TV, which I would argue probably still needs to be tweaked, you know, some nerd out there has written a blog about the proper settings for your television. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And also, uh, did you see the thing? Was it Christopher Macquarie? Didn't he do like a, I'm, I think Christopher Macquarie did like a PSA about it. And I think, <laughs> wasn't there something with like, and Christopher Nolan? No, oh, the thing, the Macquarie, I think, and Tom Cruise did a thing about, about True Motion, how you like need to fix it on your TV. And then I think there was a thing with like Paul Thomas Anderson and Christopher Nolan talking about Netflix. Did this happen? I think they had a thing where they were like Netflix weren't presenting the films in the exact way or whatever. And they had this huge thing with them or what. And it was like became like a public spat or something. I might be blowing this way out of proportion, but I think something like that, happened, which I loved because I was like, that's a big difference. Like how it's supposed to be presented. Yeah. Like imagine watching a Technicolor Cinemascope movie from like the 50s or 60s. And it's like in total widescreen pan and scan. You're like different movie. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. Um, nerdy, yeah. look at us. We've got on a tangent. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Anyone who's still listening. <laughs> oh no. The the people that are into this kind of shit are into this. They're sitting there going, Yeah, it's the same guy amen. who the blogs on how to watch your movie. Yeah. They're <laughs> they're saying amen with the true motion. We just someone just perked up. <laughs> <laughs> To bring it back to uh, to the movie, they just got an erection, and now they're going to murder somebody because <laughs> because we turned them on. They're going to murder uh, a film critic who doesn't actually like movies, which is most but of they're, them. But they're going to dress up suspiciously in the exact same garb as a undercover policewoman. Yeah, hilarious. <laughs> Very suspicious. All right. Any other final thoughts on uh, on on the movie? De Palma, or De Palma is, or? is De Palma and that movie. I mean, that is quintessential De Palma. I think it's worth going to see. He makes it fun. He's he's a fun filmmaker. Yeah, I was surprised by like how I don't want to say grounded, but it's like you know that movie could have just been bonkers. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and would have still worked in a different way. Like he found some kind of like nice middle ground with it that, uh, I'll say this, how's this, this is better than seemingly progressive (laughs) or maybe it's not, You, you can tell me it's, it's better than it needs to be or should be. Brilliant. I couldn't agree more. It, it, it does not need to be that good. He could have made like Roger Corman or someone like that could have thrown that together in three nights. And it would have been like, he went deep. There was emotion in it and the set pieces could have meant if someone else wrote it and like, or sorry, if someone else directed that, those set pieces wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. I agree. It was better than it needed to be. And I, I will watch it again in years to come. Yeah. Well, thanks. Cause I don't know if I ever would have gotten around to that yeah. movie. So I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, De Palma's definitely well, one of those. Well, it's the least I could do, Jeremy. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely one of those guys. There's a couple like the sisters I definitely want to check out. Uh, I keep, I still mean to see Carrie. I think I'm going to save it and do it for the podcast for a Halloween episode at one point. Uh, but it's like De Palma's definitely one of those guys that it's like he's never on my. Oh, I need to like check off all the movies on his list. But whenever someone brings it up, I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll watch a De Palma movie. Yeah, like I'm probably going to watch Body Double now. I'm like, yeah, I'll check out Body Double. Like, I'm sure it's going to entertain me. He does that. He does that. He he's he's pretty reliable. That's just it. Like you know, you're gonna get. It might not be your favorite movie, but you're not gonna get something terrible. It's gonna be completely watchable and entertaining. Yeah, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I I brought this to light. My God, what a what a gift I've given us. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed to kill. But no, we we're talking about like fucking Saving Private Ryan or something. It's like, <laughs> oh God. So much fun. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks for doing this, buddy. Anytime, man. This was really fun. Let's all go to Thanks for joining us for Dressed to Kill. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter at LonJeremy and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.